Good evening. Well, good morning. If you're listening to it in the morning, if it is the evening, then good evening. If it's the afternoon, well, good afternoon as well. Welcome once again to Hockey the Podcast. It's uh, still locked down, but there's still plenty to talk about in the world of hockey. Thankfully so, especially so now, because, yeah, there, there really is nothing else to do when it comes to sport than to actually talk about it, because we're certainly not going to watch it. So, yeah, let's just uh, open the conversation and keep it flowing. And uh, who else am I going to chat to it about but my good old friend, my steam co-host, and uh, the man with the plan and the brains behind everything, really, uh, Tyron Jabu Barnard, uh, safely tucked away in his own home, uh, but he is on the line. Tyron, how's it going? Yeah, Derek, uh, always good. Uh, obviously, uh, starting to really get the hang of this remote recording. Um, I might not have to see you so much when lockdown's over. Yeah, uh, look, I mean, if we didn't see each other on the computer screens, I would have uh, forgotten what you looked like long ago, uh, because it really has been a, a, a long, arduous road, this uh, having to do this uh, remotely. So, that, as you said, we, we certainly have got the hang of it, which is, is great. The wonders of technology. But, uh, yeah, I, I do miss your presence. I won't lie. Well, look, right now it's uh, it's probably best because, uh, obviously, you know, I have a beard, but I, I decided to just, you know, the, based on my professional career, I can't really do this often. So, I've decided to, uh, for the entire length of the lockdown, not trim the beard at all. And I can tell you, we are... Uh, Halfway through the lockdown with the extension in place and uh, my beard has is, is got a mind of its own. I wake up and there's a piece looking towards uh, four ways, a piece towards Carltonville. Uh, it's it's quite interesting, but I do I just want to see what it's like when I get that real like Gandalf, the grey beard going and the grey is coming. So it's been... Um, the, the small things that we do to entertain ourselves during a lockdown. Yeah, it's amazing what we've resorted to. But I must say, you are a hairy guy as it is. I mean, probably, what, uh, three, four days without shaving, you, you'll have a full beard regardless. So I can imagine by the end, um, it, it will be down to your knees. I, on the other hand, <laughs> am shockingly smooth. So I've also tried this non-shaving thing, and I think I've gone for about a month and a half. You'd never say it. It looks pathetic. Uh, I'm, I'm Patches O'Houlihan. <laughs> Um, the, the the famous dodgeball coach. Uh, it is rubbish. It's actually quite pathetic. So, yeah, eventually one of these days I'm going to have to take a razor to it. It's not going to take long to, to get it all off because there's not really much there. But, uh, yeah, enough about uh, my so-called beard and your hairy bush. Let's speak more about uh, tonight's big guest. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's another fantastic guest that we've got on the show. Uh, Hockey the Podcast is going from strength to strength. And, yeah, we keep uh, bringing them in, Ty. Yeah, so this is episode 37, and this is guest number 49. I mean, that's that's just amazing. Wow. Um, obviously, not many guests we've uh, had to go back to again because there's just so many great hockey stories in South Africa. And in fact, some of our great hockey stories go from South Africa all the way to New Zealand. And today's guest, uh, you might not know this name that well, if I say Nicole Erasmus, but you definitely know the name Nicole Walraven. It is the same person, just a new surname, much like this is the same podcast, just a new name. And uh, Nicole, welcome uh, to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, it's uh, great to have you on board, Nicole. Uh, firstly, how are you enjoying the new name? It's quite a change. I've had to, like, sometimes I say Walraven. I'm like, oh, shivers, no, it's Erasmus. But um, it's been quite cool. It's quite cool having... Um, to be able to change my surname. 
and a, and a rugby world cup coach's surname is is exactly. is, is there a family connection there no but my father-in-law's <laughs> name is rassi Rasmus. No <laughs> <laughs> <That's> too cool <laughs> i mean obviously he's 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 older or the same age as rassi so there's no connection there it wasn't like what he was named after the, the foremost one but um it, we're chatting to Rassi Peterson uh, a week or two ago, and we spoke about the famous Rassis around. So, of course, we've got Rassi Rasmus, him. Uh, we've got Rassi van der Dissen, the Proteus cricket player. Um, yeah, Rassis are certainly starting to make a, a massive name for themselves. <laughs> I, think, I think after um, last year with uh, Rassi van der Dissen doing what he did in the crickets and... Uh, uh, Rassi Erasmus in the rugby. We're going to have a few more Rassis coming through the school system in the next few years. Yeah. Well, I think what, if we go back nine months, no, we're not quite there yet. Come on, Mass Genius. Uh, November was the World Cup final. Uh, yeah. uh, we're only five months. We're okay, only five there we go. <laughs> so we still got a few months to go before the Rassis start popping uh-huh. out. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's let's maybe swing it back. Not about your father-in-law and, and the Rassi. Um, yeah, so Nicole, obviously... Um, the lockdown comes at a, a strange time for you as a player involved in the current SA National squad. Um, obviously, you were in the greater Olympic squad. We never got to hear who the final Olympic squad was. Um, and now that Olympic dream has been postponed for another year. For you personally, is it a disappointment or is it a a positive opportunity? I think it's... It's both. Like, obviously, when it when they told us that it was being um, postponed to next year, it's quite like it sort of dampens your mood a little because you're like you've been working so hard and you know you're you're peaking at the right time and you've done all the things that you need to do to then just be told no, wait, hang on, you've got 15 more months. Which like it, it's not a bad thing because I guess it's 15 more months to prepare, 15 more months to get better. You know, like so at least we've got more time and more time to train as a team. But it is it is a, a dampener. Because you sort of, it's something you look forward to and you put sort of your life on hold for the possibility of going to the Olympics in July and you sort of get so excited for it. And then it just sort of gets, not taken away, but just like pushed further away. So you sort of, you have to stay positive. No, no point um, on letting it get to you. Because I mean, obviously for health reasons, it is better for everyone. Um, so you just got to keep working hard and staying positive. And do you think... Uh from a selfish point of view, your chances of making the squad improve or decrease with another year? Hmm. I want to say improve because I know that I can always get better and I can work harder. So to me, I'll see it as an opportunity for me to sort of make sure that I do that extra work so that my chances increase. Yeah, I think if you say an opportunity, I think if anything, it's even more motivation because you would have told yourself a year ago, that, hey, I've got a year to the Olympics yeah. and, and I need to get myself in the absolute best possible shape I can to, to make sure that I am in that squad. And I, I'm sure you did do your utmost to get to that position. Now, suddenly you add 365 days to the mix in which you can even better that. Well, and then, uh, yeah, we could be looking at superhuman Nicole in, in a year's time. Yeah, exactly. All right, Nicole. Um, so, so obviously the current situation, the, the squad was very far along in their prep. Um, you missed a little bit of the start of the prep because you were on honeymoon, and there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. <laughs> 
But um, also, how much of a disruption, you know, to your plans and to your fitness has the lockdown been? It's been, it has been hard, um, especially because um, I at least thought that I stay in a complex and I thought we'd be able to at least like run in the parking lots. And we've been told we're not allowed to do any of that. So the only form of like cardio that I've been doing is skipping. And I mean, you can only skip for so long. So it really, it really taught us to change our mindset. In, okay, we have to taper the intensity that we train at um, and sort of be fine with that because we're so used to training at such a high intensity and now we don't have the means and the space to train like that anymore, but we sort of have to do it with what we've got and, um, yep, stay positive through it all. Uh, I've, got, I've got to ask, sorry, Ty, just regarding the skipping. You say that you can only skip for so long. I mean, how long is long? Because, uh, yeah, I can skip for about five minutes, and, and uh, I agree, I can only skip for that long. I know. Some, so I'd say probably about half an hour to 45 minutes. Okay, no, that's a, <laughs> so a whack load longer than me. Yeah, I, you just got to get a good playlist, and then that gets you going. I skip the adverts when I watch TV. Uh, but that's, that's about all my skipping I do. Uh, Nicole, you're also a biokinesist. Does that uh, does that at least come helpful with uh, having to train in small spaces? Oh, it's the best for me. Um, it's really cool being able to like adjust and modify and like. So we've got center program, and obviously not all of us have all the equipment. So having the knowledge of saying, okay, this is the target, this is the muscle group she wants to target, but I can do this instead, or I can. Of this, so it really, really has come to a benefit. And having your husband around, I don't know if you're used to calling him that yet. Um, <laughs> from what I know, I know he's quite a sporty guy as well. Are you guys like pushing each other to keep each other fit, or, or is one of you having to drag the other one into the lounge for the next yoga session? <laughs> um, I want to say we push each other, but um. I, I have to admit he is the lazier one of us too. And I think it's because I like to be busy. So I'm the one that's dragging him around for another training session or a course session or um, stuff like that. But he does push me, which really helps. And it's nice having someone to train with. So that really does help. You mentioned the bike, uh, can, uh, you're a biokinetist and um we all know when it comes to finances and hockey, uh, the two aren't great bedfellows. And I know that, I mean, a lot of jobs have taken a massive knock uh, due to the current lockdown. Um, I, I would imagine that in your industry, it's certainly um, pretty much the same. It's no exception. Um, have you felt it as well? Um, yeah, I, so I haven't um, had a job. I didn't want to look for a permanent job okay. until the Olympics was done due to having to leave patients and say, sorry, I have to go for a month or so. Um, so I haven't got a fixed job, but it definitely has um, made it very difficult for practices out there um, in every industry, actually, because, I mean, it's a sort it's income and I mean, you've got no one coming to you. So it makes it really, really hard. Yeah, I can imagine. Jeez, uh, it, it really is such a, it's an unprecedented time that we're experiencing. I know Tyron and I have spoken about this often over the last two or three weeks. And, and you try to get away from it in terms of a, a topic of discussion, but you can't avoid it because it affects every single minute of your waking life um, yeah. right now and, and the world over. And I mean, you just look at the domino effect that it has created um, with regards to Olympics, with regards to your sporting um, achievements and, and 
possible endeavors and then again um your profession so yeah i, I mean I, I i really do sympathize with with everyone out there um and and not singling out people but sports people certainly are are of the hardest hit yeah and i think it's it's um i think it must be hard for those that where sport is their profession and they get paid to do it and now sort of they can't do it so how the heck are they going to get an income and i think to them it's it might be an eye opener to say okay well, what now well now you can say to them hey welcome to life as a hockey player yeah literally <laughs> The other thing that this uh, also plays a little bit on have, of havoc on is the opportunity for players to go travel overseas and go play hockey uh, in another country for a little bit. And that is something that you have had a, the opportunity to do. So going over to New Zealand, I know you played for Central and I think you played for a different team the second time you went. Um, um, I played for Central the second time as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So so you played for Central. Um both times. What was that experience like, going to go play hockey over in New Zealand? It was very scary in the beginning. I was quite, because I, I didn't think I would be someone that would just hop on a plane and go to a random country and, you know, like meet a stranger at an airport. Um, but it was the most life-changing experience of my life. I met the most amazing people, played hockey with incredible hockey players, and um, it was really such an amazing experience. And um, the first time I went, I only went for two weeks. It was just they needed um, two international players to help Central out in the National Hockey League. And so myself and Sulet went over. And um, we ended up coming second, which was really, really good for the Central team. And then I thoroughly enjoyed it. I said I'd love to go back. And um, there was a lovely family there that organized for myself and Nardis, my husband, to go over and they organized jobs and I could play hockey and play rugby, which was so, so, so cool. That is brilliant. Um, there are quite a few South Africans that go over. I mean, I think of the likes of Tanya Brits, Lene Milan, I know they're playing in Australia. Uh, is there another plan for you to go play overseas again? Um, we'd love to go back to New Zealand. It's um, We've made such incredible... I want to call them family already, um, but and such good contact. And the hockey was really good for me then. I really enjoyed it. And it's important for me to enjoy playing hockey because otherwise then I shouldn't play it anymore. So playing over there, it's it's real, and the level is really good, which was nice. Um, so definitely, I do definitely want to go overseas again. Um, so not necessarily just New Zealand, anywhere actually. Um, my husband and I are really traveling the world and experiencing it all. So We'll have to see what the future holds. And if you could say one bucket list country that you oh. haven't been to yet. Oh, it's not hockey-wise, though. I would say um, Italy. But that's just not Derek, what about you? What, it's still to go to? A bucket list country, yeah, that you've never been to. Huh. I, I, think, I think you've posed this to me before, actually. And Iceland. Would be mine. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I mean, you, you and I are pretty fortunate in that we've we've travelled a fair amount, 
And um, yeah, we've seen quite a few of countries out there. So I'd really want to see something completely different to what I've experienced so far. And uh, I certainly haven't been anywhere close to, to what Ireland, Iceland uh, manages to provide. All I assume, um, I haven't been there, so maybe it's completely, maybe it's sunny <laughs> with the uh, beach weather. Um, <laughs> all I highly doubt that. But uh, yeah, I think that would be uh, top of my list in terms of uh, a bucket list country. I, I was chatting to uh, one of our guests the other night, Nicole, and uh, speaking about Saudi Arabia. And I was there uh-huh. earlier this year. And again, that was a country that would never have been on my bucket list. And, and a lot of people don't know much about it, uh, including myself. And, and we pretty much prepared ourselves for a very conservative place, uh, uh, a place with extremely strict rules and regulations. And that wasn't the case at all. I mean, certainly there, there were in place. I mean, yeah, you couldn't break the law willy-nilly. But uh, it was an extremely hospitable country and, and a beautiful country to boot. So I'd go back in a heartbeat. But uh, yeah, it's amazing. I always say that... The best form of education is travel. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no doubts about that. Uh, one of the countries on my bucket list would be Australia. And uh, Nicole, you were in Australia not that long ago for the Commonwealth Games. Um, yes. Probably the, you know, either that or the World Cup or the two biggest tournaments you've played in so far. What, what was the experience like? Obviously, the Commonwealth Games is kind of like an Olympics light. And I don't mean that with any disrespect to the participating nations. Um, but what was that like uh, going into a multi-sport tournament? It was amazing. It was literally the coolest thing ever, being able to like walk in and like see the village. And, you know, South Africa's got your own like building with the flag on the side. And just next door to you, it's New Zealand or Australia. And you just walk around and then you see like, someone you just saw winning the 100-meter sprint the night before, she just walks past you at the breakfast table and you sort of sit there in awe and sort of stare and you have to sort of like pinch yourself and be like, no, no, you know, like don't you can't fangirl here, you know, like you just got to sort of um, keep yourself together. But it was, it was one of the coolest things. Commonwealth Games was one of the coolest tournaments I've ever, ever, ever played. Oh, we just lost you there. Are you, are you back with us, Nicole? Oh, can you hear me? There we go. Much yeah. better. <laughs> now, Aussie is an amazing country. So, Nicole, you speak about um, how this delay of the Olympics will, will help you to, to better your game, certainly motivate you to even improve on where you currently are at, um, especially given the fact that you've got 365 days in which to do it. Um, but looking beyond Tokyo 2021 now, what, what does the future hold for Nicole? You said you and your husband like to travel. I mean, are you still looking at um, still planting your, your, your feet in, in a possible family in South Africa? Um, yeah, I mean, would we lose you to the travel bug forever? Or uh, are you enjoying your South African stay as well as your South African hockey stay? I think um, it's definitely... So 2022 is the, world, is the year with World Cup and Commonwealth again so far. Um, so those are also two really cool tournaments, obviously. Um, but we, being like overseas and stuff, my husband and I have, we love, love, love going overseas and, you know, it's really cool. But we always come back home and we've said that we wouldn't want to like um, bring our children up in a different country. Just cultures are different and we love South Africa so much. So even if we do travel for a few years, we'll definitely make our way back to South Africa. Oh, well, that's uh Great to hear. 
Nicole, um, <laughs> the the other tournament that I actually wanted to ask you about. So you've got the Commonwealth Games, which is a, obviously a great one. Which uh, uh, before we move on, we should probably ask you about the eye injury there. Um, uh, are you a little bit injury prone? Um, not really. I haven't sustained <laughs> any. Um, I don't know if serious injuries, but. Um, the only injuries I've ever had on a hockey field was I had the hockey ball to my eye against Argentina, but that didn't keep me out for uh, games. And I fractured my scapula in 2013. Um, and then other than that, I broke my leg last year, but that wasn't hockey related. But other than that, I'm I'm usually not how, that injury prone. How did you break your leg? Yeah, I've got to know. <laughs> Um, funny story. Um, so we were in um, New Zealand and um, we were doing some sightseeing and they have line scooters, which are like those electric scooters that you um, you download the app on your phone, you unlock the scooter and you drive and you just lock it again and you can leave it anywhere. And um, we were driving around on these things and they go quite fast. They go about like 30 k's an hour. But I'm not someone who likes driving fast. So I was driving mine maybe 19 k's an hour. Um, anyway, so we stopped, had lunch, and then I was like, no, 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 let's go for one more like ride and we can take a couple of photos. And um, that turned out to be like a longer ride than expected. And um, I had a jacket on and the wind was blowing and I was getting quite cold. So I pulled over to the left of the pathway and stopped my scooter and stood off my scooter and I was zipping up my jacket. And my husband, well, then fiance, was behind me, and he didn't know that I'd stopped. Oh. And so he was still he was still kicking his scooter because you can sort of like kick it to make it go faster. And um, next minute, when he looked up, he just saw me standing still in front of him. <laughs> so he sort of tried to swing out the way, and the back of his scooter then hit my leg, and then fractured my fibula. Wow, and, and and the wedding wasn't called off. Yeah, <laughs> that was my father-in-law's first question. He was like, "Are you still engaged?" <laughs> <laughs> but that that's crazy. I mean, uh, breaking your leg or getting severely injured like that is harrowing at the the best of times. But being in a foreign country, luckily New Zealand is very very jacked when it comes to their medical facilities. So I'm sure that wouldn't have been an issue. But I mean, you obviously had to get it sorted out over in New Zealand. I, I, I take it. Yep. So I went to um, a clinic because we didn't think it was that bad. And we had a really important club game. This happened on the Tuesday, um, on the 23rd of April. So it's in a week's time a year ago. Um, And that Saturday we had a club game against our rivals. And so I was like, no, I'm still going to play on Saturday. Don't worry, because I was with um, one of my best friends that plays in the same team. And so we went to the clinic and I got had to get two, two or three stitches and the doctor said, he was like, you know, like the injection to get the local anesthetic is much worse than the stitch itself. Are you going to try to take the stitches without the anesthetic? And so I was like being brave and I was like, yes, you know, like I'll try. So I got the three stitches without anesthetic, which was terrible. And then um, they said I was fine. And so I walked on it for a week thinking that I was fine. And then my whole leg started going blue and I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. And then went for an x-ray and um, the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's broken. And I was like, sorry, what? 
And um, he was like, oh, yeah, come look. It's broken here and here. And so, um, but then they have a really, really cool um, fracture clinic where I got um, a fiberglass cast put on. So this medical system there was really good. So we shouldn't tell stories of Chuck Norris anymore. It should be uh, Nicole Erasmus stories. <laughs> I was putting on my brave face. <laughs> sure. Um, all, all right. So, and, and how's the recovery gone? Obviously, you're back playing uh, for the national team and stuff, so you are fully recovered. But uh, how do you keep the mental side of your game strong while you are recovering from such a, <laughs> such a bad injury? Yeah, it took, it really took quite a while because um, just as I was ready for 2019, you know, you get you fit and you're ready and something like that happens. And then you sort of see like every door close. And um, it was a really tough battle for me mentally. And then coming back, I thought I was fine. And I tried to play PHL and still had pain, went back for another extra and my fracture hadn't healed. So I wasn't allowed to play hockey for oh. another four weeks. And so it really like messes with your mind and it was really, really tough. But I sort of just had to like trust the process and just know that like my bones will heal, my body will heal. I just got to listen to what it's telling me and, you know, like just take it day by day. And um, literally it took me till now in March for me to mentally be my old self again on the hockey field. I know we keep on bringing this up, but I think in light of the broken leg, I think it's it's certainly a blessing in disguise, the, the delay by a year. Because I think physically getting over something like that is extremely tough. And then, as you said, probably the mental side of things is even more so. Um, uh, uh, you said it's frustrating having prepared for something like the Olympics. But would you think deep down inside, do you think, wow, it's, it's actually quite a good thing, perhaps? Yeah, it does. It does definitely give me more time. Because in my head... When I, when I went to like a training camp, I was like, oh, these girls have been training for so long and I've been in a fiberglass cast and a moon boot and non-weight bearing for five, six weeks. So I'm just like, I'm put back by so far. So it is, it is actually a blessing in disguise because now I'm now 100% and now I can only get better. Yeah, and, and, and I love that you shared that the mental side is quite tough because I think it's something that a lot of sports people actually don't talk about. Um, and obviously, I'm not an elite sports person myself, but um, I know that uh, certain injuries that I've had have been, uh, you know, very damaging to the body, but far more damaging to the mind. Um, you know, and I, I think of how long uh, I had an Achilles tendonitis problem when I was running and, and the almost emotional damage that caused um, was almost worse than the actual injury itself. So it's great to hear somebody talk about that uh, openly. Yeah, it really does. Your mind starts playing games with you and you sort of um, have to get over it. And we had we have an amazing psychologist that's with our team, um, Louise de Jager, and she is the one that has helped me sort of get over that and be able to play myself again. So, I mean, it is good to go to the people who can help you and not try battle on your own because having someone else's opinion from the outside and their perspective really does like change your mindset and sort of really helps you get over it and get through things. Yeah. I want to also ask you about your, uh, your family. Uh, your family are all hockey players. Um, both of your brothers are provincial hockey players and um, 
Uh, your mom is a technical judge uh, who I've seen at many indoor hockey tournaments. Uh, was hockey always in the family's blood? How did how did that come about? Yes, it has been. Um, so both my parents played hockey. Um, I think my dad was my mom's hockey coach at varsity. Um, but my gran was also a goalkeeper in her day. Um, and sort of, it was literally my eldest brother played hockey, middle brother played hockey, and then it was sort of, also obvious for us to play hockey or for me to play hockey. Um, and it's literally, I started playing when I was five and having two brothers and parents that are like passionate about the game makes it so much easier to fall in love with the game and so much easier to play around in the back garden on weekends. And so it, it definitely is in our blood to play hockey. <laughs> and uh, the, the move for you from playing for free state to now playing for the Northern blues How's that uh, experience been? That was, it was actually, it was so, it was so funny, but it was so good for me personally. Um, but I wasn't actually cleared to play IPT until a week before um, okay. because of my leg and I needed a team to play for. And it was funny enough that Northerns then contacted me and said, listen, we've lost a player. Can you play? And tournament was in bloom. So to me, it was quite like, Oh, you know, like first tournament, not playing for free state after playing for free state for so many years and now playing for Northerns. But they welcomed me with biggest arms and such lovely people and coaching staff. It, it was, it's really a good, been a good change for me. Well, and you won the title. Exactly. That was really cool. That was the first gold medal I've won. <laughs> it, it's amazing, Nicole. You speak about that, that gold medal and I mean, you're still relatively young. And I mean, we've been chatting to hockey players well into their 30s who are still going very strong. So you've got a, a, a nice long career still waiting for you, but you have managed to pack quite a few achievements in, in a relatively short time span. So, I mean, looking back, uh, I know you still have plenty more to achieve, but um, uh, some of the highlights that stand out for you in, in, your, in your road to where you currently stand now? Um, I would say my first big international tournament as under 21 was Junior World Cup, which was something that was incredible. So that was a highlight. But nationally, I would definitely say Commonwealth Games and World Cup were definitely two of my highlights. And the cool thing about Commonwealth Games um, was my mum went to the Commonwealth Games in Brisbane in her year, whenever that was. And so her and my dad came to watch us play in Commonwealth or in Gold Coast. And it was really cool, like showing my mom around the village because she'd been to a version like that in her day oh. in Brisbane. So that was really, it was really, really, really cool. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Geez, that is fantastic. Yeah. And it would be my, um, my mom went to the Olympics in, oh, the Moscow Olympics was that 80 1980 if I'm not mistaken yes and so she went there for swimming she swam for Zimbabwe wow. um, and um, so if I get the opportunity to go I'll be the fourth generation in our family to go to the Olympics that is an amazing achievement wow fortune and so so your mom's from Zimbabwe your, your dad um, is he from that side as well yep so oh, he was born in South America, lived in Holland, and then in Zim. So all us kids were um, born in Zimbabwe, and we lived there until 2002. And then we moved to South Africa. Wow, quite, a, quite an eclectic wow. uh, background. The born in South America, I'm interested because my, my mom, funny enough, grew up in Chile. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, my dad was born in Ecuador. Wow. Jeez. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, find himself all the way over in uh, Zimbabwe eventually. That, that's an amazing achievement. And, and uh, speaking of Zimbabwe, I mean, Ty and I were uh, last year, we were at the uh, indoor hockey series uh, featuring South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Botswana, right, Ty? Was Botswana. Yeah, correct. And, and, and we were highly impressed with the Zimbabweans. I mean, they, they certainly put up a, a big fight. Oh, the, the fourth team there was SAA. And uh, in one game, Zimbabwe actually beat SA and they came back uh, from the brink uh, to pull off uh, an astounding victory, in fact. And we, myself and Ty, commentated. Uh, oh, yeah. Am I need Derek, correcting? I'm losing you. Uh, how's that? Uh, look. Nicole, are you also losing Derek? No, no, no. I can hear him. Uh, okay. Let's, okay, let's so pick it up side. again. Sorry, do you just no worries. Do a little edit. So Ty and I were commentating over at the series uh, over the course of a couple of days and the majority of our viewers, um, easily about 70 to 80%, were from Zimbabwe because firstly, they love hockey and secondly, they're so starved of being able to watch their, their national team in action. And, and it was great to see the response. I mean, they were vociferous and I mean, they didn't miss a game, they didn't miss a minute and there is a massive hockey following over there. It, it really is really, really, really big. I mean, okay, I, I left when I was um, eight. So, I mean, I didn't really grow up or didn't do hockey there. But I know, like, the people there themselves are incredible people. So, they sort of, I want to say, like, thirst and hunger for anything that's like that. And they support their teams, like, 120%. So, it doesn't even surprise me. Yeah, I suppose it's a silly question because you'd, you'd probably say, well, obviously – it's not the case, but um, having left Zimbabwe at the age of eight, um, so living the, the, the majority of life in South Africa, um, are you a, a full-blooded South African? Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, it always interests me because I was born in Namibia, and I, I moved over to South Africa when I was very young, so I only really know South Africa as a home. I, I wouldn't even consider supporting Namibia if they played SA. But I, obviously, I do have ties to it, so it's a really great place. And But I'm always interested in people, if they, they stay in a country till a little later, if they, they have stronger ties to it. And I'm sure you do, but uh, glad to hear that uh, you're supporting the Rainbow Nation first and foremost. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just looking ahead, I mean, we spoke about uh, what you've got for in terms of plans for the future, but now your immediate plans. So let's... Say, let's play devil's advocate and let's hope for the best and say this lockdown does end when it's supposed to. So as we're speaking now, uh, we've got about another half a month to go until the supposed end of the lockdown. Um, what, what, what happens then? I mean, do you, are you right back into the swing of things? Do you have a, a nice little uh, plan mapped out for you? Well, we have actually a Zoom meeting with our um, team and coach on Saturday. Um, so he's going to tell us like what the plan is and what's happening. Um, but we sort of have to get back into the swing of things. Um, if we're allowed to, like you say, if everything works out the way it does. Um, and then, yeah, I got to start looking for a job because now the year has opened up. Um, so now I can start looking for one. Um, and then, yeah, it's back to training, back to gymming doing everything as, as much as we can as a team. Um, and I moved to Pretoria a month ago. 
Um, my husband got a job up here, so we moved up here about a month ago. So I'm still like trying to settle in and you know like finding my feet and stuff. But um, I think once lockdown's over, it'll like it'll really help a lot being able to go to training training sessions and sort of getting into the swing of things once this is all over. Yeah, we spoke about it earlier about how disruptful this has been for everyone uh, in all shapes and sizes in every single sphere, uh, no matter uh, what business or in what sport you are involved in. And, and there again, I mean, you had planned to not get a job, so to focus on the Olympics, and, and now that has been thrown up in the air. And, and, and I can imagine now this is going to be tough because now you're going to approach your, your future employer and say, listen, um, it's very cool, I'm going to be on board, but... Um, there's going to be a little time that I'm going to have to go over to Japan. And then prior to that, I'm going to have to make sure that I can get into the squad to go to Japan. So to do that, uh, I'm going to have to take a lot of time off. Yeah, it's going to be really tricky. And I was saying to um, one of my friends, I said, I wonder if people are even going to be able to employ new people this year because yeah. of what this has done on the economy. So it's going to be very <laughs> stressful, but I'm not going to, I'm going to try and make it is less stressful as possible. Um, but yeah, I just got to play open cards with them and say, look, this is my opportunities. And then hopefully they're on board. If not, then I'll just have to find somebody who's on board or just, yeah. Well, we will be holding thumbs for you very, very tightly uh, that everything does uh, work out in terms of your professional career and your sporting career. Uh, and I think we've just been joined once again by Tyron, who, who left us for a couple of minutes. Ty, you there? Yeah, I just had to go to the shop quickly during lockdown. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you ran out, yeah, of no, you ran out of loo roll again. No, no, that, that we stocked up well in advance. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Ty. Um, yeah, I think we're getting uh, closer to the dreaded one-question quiz. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, uh, Ty, do you have a question uh, up your sleeve? I actually, I actually uh, do have a question. Ooh. Um, is, it, is, it, is it time? Uh, it's time, I think. So, Nicole, I don't know if you have listened the, uh, to, to some of the previous editions, but uh, we like to ask one question, and it's either about your hockey career or it's probably not. Um, it's about a name that probably has something to do with you. Um, and your okay. father-in-law's name is Rassi Erasmus. So yes. I thought, what a great question. I'll ask you, what is Rassi Erasmus's win percentage as a Springbok coach? <laughs> I'm looking at my husband for help now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fair enough, friend. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark and I'm going to say... 80%? Ask your husband for another guess. <laughs> it's not quite that high. We have played New Zealand a few times. 70. You're not far. 65? 60, 65 is correct. Oh, really? Yay. Third time lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, it unfortunately doesn't win you the free uh, cap. <laughs> but uh, seeing your takeover of the SA Women's Hockey Team uh, Instagram page the other day, I think um, you'll be okay with your Dita hats. So we can't send you a free one. We also don't have hats. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Nicole, from our side, thanks so much for, for making the time and, and joining us. And yeah, we look forward to seeing how you uh, raise the bar every single time you go on the field. And uh, hopefully... 
we get to support you as part of the the lady squad at Tokyo 2020 slash one. Thank you. Yeah, I am. I am going to work very hard. Um, but thank you so much. This has been really fun. Um, it's been really cool chatting to you guys. Um, Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Nicole. Thank you so much. Enjoy the new surname. Uh, full, hope you have fully recovered from that dreadful injury that you picked up over in the land of the long white cloud. And uh, here's wishing you all the best for the future. And as mentioned earlier, holding thumbs for you for, for Tokyo 2021. Thank you so much. And you guys should look after yourselves. Stay safe and stay healthy. And stay indoors. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah, stay home. <laughs> Cheers, Nicole. Go to the shop again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you cheers bye yeah Derek obviously absolutely wonderful to hear how somebody has overcome their injury how they're uh, making an impact and how they're looking to uh, make the most of the opportunity of the delay of the Olympic Games yeah man it's uh, it, it is great yeah and I mean I, I think she, she she played it down somewhat but I mean I didn't know the background regarding her leg injury. I mean, that is is massive. I mean, geez, on the eve of a, an Olympics, for that to happen, that is huge. And yeah, she says she had fully recovered. And and uh, granted, I mean, I'm sure that is the case. And and she was seen to by fantastic medical experts. But you spoke about it. We all know about it. The mental side of things. So to get an extra window of an extra year to even improve on yourself and to make that leg as best as it possibly can be. I mean, that is, that is a huge uh, fill-up in the arm. No, it's a wonderful opportunity, and it couldn't have happened to a better person. I have no doubt that Nicole is going to take massive advantage of this and uh, make it count. Yeah, definitely so. So, yeah, great to hear from Nicole, and that's uh, another episode done. Jeez, well done on the counting, by the way. I mean, I had no idea. Uh, the episodes is pretty impressive to – well, it's pretty easy to work out because it's in the title. <laughs> we number it. Yeah, but uh, when it comes to the guests, how, how, did, how do you know? Oh, no, I went through the episodes this morning, Jeez. and uh, I was counting who, how many guests we had in each episode. Yes. And then – I actually thought Nicole was going to be 50, but I'd counted Gareth Ewing twice. Oh. So he dropped down to, uh, we dropped down to 49. So that means that our next guest in the next uh, podcast that we record, which we were, we are recording pretty soon, um, is going to be guest number 50 in episode 38. Oh, geez, what a milestone. And speaking of milestones, uh, I know I've just got to, um, blowing horns a little bit. So, of course, myself and Tyron uh, involved with Raider Media and Raider Media having just la- uh, launched a new motoring podcast called called Let's Drive, which uh, I'm very proud about. Uh, Tyron, I know you'll be featured in there in the near future. Um, so, yeah, the, the Raider Media brands uh, going from strength to strength in terms of hosting a number of podcasts. And uh, we're so glad about the relaunch or the rebranding of Hockey the Podcast. It looks very stylish and slick, eh, Ty? Yeah, absolutely. Very happy with the new branding and some exciting stuff happening there. And of course, uh, don't forget, uh, we've got all the Raider podcasts uh, inside the game and Run Hunter as well. And of course, the new offering that we're going with is the Raider Sports Quiz. So if you're interested, go check out the Facebook video where we hosted a public sports quiz. And uh, yeah, I mean, just thanks to you and Ray for uh, 
making sure these things are happening and giving people some sport to talk about there. Yeah, thanks. But uh, yeah, largely thanks to you. Uh, you crack the whip and, and, and we do the work. Uh, that's how it should be. Uh, but yeah, thanks that's... so much for joining us as always. Uh, and thank you, Ty. And uh, from across the pond somewhat. <laughs> but uh, we will eventually get to do this in person one day again. But uh, until then, it's digital. And uh, despite for the little hiccup we had earlier, where we lost you for a couple of minutes. It's been plain sailing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to phone my service supplier quickly because uh, <laughs> they're definitely not working now. You do that and let's go find our 50th guest. Awesome. Adios.